Good morning and welcome once again to The Scots in Us, the ASF bi-weekly podcast. I'm so delighted that we're going to be kicking off the burn season by speaking with Alan D. Beck, who is president of the Robert Burns World Federation, direct from Scotland. So good morning, Alan. Um, it's lovely to see you again. It's lovely to see you. It's actually afternoon here. And if you look behind me, you'll see that it's uh, it's already getting dark, such as the Scottish winter. I was thinking um, that it is quite a few years since we met. You used to come across in your other life when you were singing with Caledonia um, and perform as the tenors. The th were you the three tenors of Scotland? But your wonderful voice. Um, it was. It, they've always been wonderful evenings. I remember. Yeah, we 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 used to love coming. Uh, Caledon, Scotland's three tenors. We first came over, I think, to sing at the British Memorial Garden, um, which of course was uh, a memorial for nine uh, eleven. And um, yeah, many many happy memories of singing at uh, at the ASF for for burn suppers and tartan day uh, and various events like that. Yes, and. Uh, had a bit more hair in those days, uh, and my my beard was a bit darker. But yeah, haven't really changed. No, and um, we're going to um, in our email exchange. You agreed to sing for us today, which we look forward to um, hearing in a little bit. Um, but what as we begin uh, January, we really also begin the season of birds, and it goes yeah. for many weeks. And I know that you're being called upon to do the immortal memory probably several times. Um, how long is the burn season for you this year? Um, the burn season is normally long for me um, every year, to be honest. But uh, this particular year, as president of the Robert Burns World Federation, it's um, it's a lot more busy than it is. In fact, I'm proposing the immortal memory, I think it's about 22 times uh, this year. Um, and... My immortal memory also includes some singing. So um, uh, if I'm not singing as part of my immortal memory, sometimes they also have said, will you also provide the the uh, the songs for the evening? So um, my first one is uh, Wednesday, the 11th um, of January. And I think my last one is March the 17th. So basically every uh, Friday and Saturday in January, February and the beginning of March has gone. But it's amazing how many people have their burn suppers on club nights, the nights that their club would normally meet. Uh, so, for instance, I have them on Mondays. Uh, I've got them on Wednesdays. I've got them on Thursdays as well this year. I don't think I've got any Tuesdays. Um, I have actually done burn suppers on Sundays before Sunday lunchtimes. Um, so it's a it's a very busy season uh, for me normally, but it's even busier this year. Now, the Robert Burns World Federation is there to unite, promote and ensure the legacy of Robert Burns around the world and to help grow the understanding and love. So this is in two parts. If we could begin to look at what it is that makes this such an so important and and how it means so much to the Scottish community around the world and then I'll ask question two sure um 
Robert Burns obviously died at the end of the 18th century, um, and he was he was famous in Scotland when he died. There was thousands of people turned up at his funeral. Um, but of course, in those days, no steamships, no steam trains, no telegraph. Um, it was not as easy to become world famous as it might be now, where you could be an internet sensation overnight. Um, it took a bit of time for Burns's international reputation to really build, and it really built um, because of Scots emigrating to other English-speaking parts of the world, um, of course, to the British Empire, but also uh, to the US. They were literally, um, well, I think it's something in the region of about 35 million people in the US currently claim Scottish descent. When um, when they emigrated, they wanted to take part of their nationality with them. Um, they took their kilts, for instance. Um, they took their songs. But they took Robert Burns as a Scottish hero and as something that could unite them. And really, Burns is classless. People might think that Burns is a working class hero. Well, of course he is. He's a hero to all the working classes. He was a working class man himself. But he was also at this time particularly um, talismatic, I suppose, to the middle classes. And uh, the middle classes really took to Burns. Um, the upper classes, of course, they were spending thousands and thousands of, of pounds or guineas, as it would have been in those days, to build statues of Burns um, and monuments to him. Um, and so Burns has, has remained classless, but what he really has remained is a focus of Scottish nationality. And really, here in Scotland, everybody, absolutely everybody would know who Robert Burns was, and they would know the famous Naismith portrait of Robert Burns um, or the Skilling illustration. They would know Burns. Um, but actually, when you go abroad and you speak to anyone from any sort of English-speaking community, um, you only have to sing a couple of bars of Auld Lang Syne, and straight away they know what you're talking about. And in fact, Auld Lang Syne is a song which was made famous really amongst Scots abroad, not necessarily amongst Scots in Scotland. So in fact, um, we in Scotland, I think, owe some of our... Um, understanding and our recognition of Burns to Scots who had emigrated abroad. So you ask the question why it's such an, an important um, event. It's an important event really for um, the idea of being Scottish. It could be whiskey, it could be kilts, it could be shortbread, it could be heather, it could be golf, but actually more often than not, it's Robert Burns, and that's why he was voted the greatest ever Scot in 2009. So um, that's that's one of the reasons that Burns is really so important. He gives Scottish people a focus for their national identity. So, for instance, when you are um, when you're thinking about your homeland and you're thinking about the things that make you feel patriotic, a lot of it's to do with folk music, a lot of it's to do with the songs and the poetry which you grew up with and which you heard your parents, your grandparents, your neighbours 
performing or even things which you would have done um, in school. Perhaps you may have learned some poems, you may have learned some songs. So Burns adds also a great touch of nostalgia to, to people and the idea that it connects you with your past and your past also could be your parents' past, your grandparents' past, your ancestors' past. So Burns is um, Burns is a very, very important figure uh, in Scottish nationality and in Scottish history. But he was a great poet, a great writer, and um, I I think that is he just wasn't a songsmith. He was he did so much more. Absolutely, I mean, for me. Um, the, the most important thing about Burns is perhaps his understanding and the way that he is so empathetic to the condition of people like himself, but not just that, the environment, um, to animals. I mean, the, the poem to a moose is a work of genius. Burns looks at a mouse, a poor field mouse, and he compares them to, to a man. And that's a quite a genius thing to do, but actually... The fact that in the end he decides that the mouse is better off than he is because the mouse just gets on with its life. It's not frightened about the future. Um, that's incredibly empathetic. He talks about the destruction of the mouse's home because man is ploughing the fields. And there is so much that Burns talks about um, being someone who lived out in the countryside. So much he talks about uh, rivers and mountains and, and flowers and some of the local wildlife. He, of course, wrote a poem about a, a, a wounded hare that had been shot in the field. He was a great empathetic poet. Um, and of course, if you're at all empathetic yourself, you're going to be touched by the emotions in his poetry. I think that um, when we're far away from home, that is why societies and organizations mean so much, because yeah. it helps us to reconnect. And um, I think that that is why I'm very excited that we're now be uh, been launching with you the American Friends of the uh, Robert Burns World Federation, which ASF is a partner with you in um, as a way for people to do their memberships over here. And through that, you then can invest and help and issue grants to organizations for Robert Burns over here in the United States so that it will help all around. And also I'm excited by the fact that we're going to be working with you on your uh, writing awards um, for young people. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, what you said is, is exactly true. Organizations like ASF connect, uh, they connect people across the, the Atlantic Ocean, uh, they connect people within the US. Um, our, our connection with the ASF is gonna be of, of great importance to us because there are so many people um, out in North America who are Burns fans who perhaps haven't joined the Burns Club for whatever reason, maybe there isn't one too close uh, by, but they can certainly uh, become an American friend of the Robert Burns World Federation and their donations would be helping uh, projects, as you say, uh, the writing project, which we're, we're, we're currently putting together, uh, the idea that, um, that someone would be writing, say, a letter uh, in the style of Robert Burns, who was a prolific 
letter writer in those days um, and being judged by um, uh, you know a, a Scottish uh, academic um, and just bringing the idea of that Burns connection to people who perhaps haven't really thought about that sort of thing in North America I think is a very very exciting uh, prospect very exciting indeed. So now let's take a moment to hear some music from you. Um, what would you like to um, introduce us to? Well, as you say, we're coming up to the Burns season. Um, everyone who is watching this podcast who has been to a Burns supper will no doubt have heard Robert Burns' famous address to Haggis. Uh, Fair for your honest sonsy face, great chieftain of the Burns race. At the end of it all, of course, the dagger stabs the Haggis, cuts it open, and the poem goes on about the qualities of, of this magnificent um, traditional Scottish country fair, I think we'll put it as. I love haggis. It's very, very tasty. Um, everyone's probably heard that poem if they've been to a bun supper, but they've only ever heard it recited because it's only ever been a poem. However, there is an extremely talented uh, Glaswegian um, musical arranger a chap called Alan Craig. Alan has accompanied me singing um, at many, many, many Burns events over the years. And Alan had decided that he felt the accompaniment usually uh, performed when someone was singing a Burns song was a bit simple. And as far as he was concerned, just wasn't as, um, wasn't as interesting as it could be. So Alan has arranged brand new arrangements of uh, 10 Burns songs, but one of, the, one of the poems they decided to use was the address to Haggis. And this particular one, therefore, didn't have a melody, so Alan has written the melody, and he has written a particularly um, energetic piano accompaniment to go. So Alan and I recorded uh, some of these songs uh, in a studio in Glasgow just before Christmas, and in fact, this will be the world premiere uh, of anyone hearing uh, me singing and Alan Craig playing the piano to address to the haggis. Oh, 
Wonderful. Thank you so much, Alan. We're very honoured to be the world premiere for it. Um, but Alan, also you had another first recently, which was when the Lord Lion issued the official coat of arms for Robert Burns to the Robert Burns World Federation. Yeah. Um, it, this has got quite a story to it because it turns out that Robert Burns did want to have a coat of arms and then started to talk. I believe the story is is right on this, is, is that he began to talk to the land court about how that would come about, but it never happened. But now, 240 years later, it's been issued. Could you complete the story for a, the, uh, how this all is, has come about? So Robert Burns... Uh, was indeed very interested in heraldry. Lots and lots of people at that time were very, very interested in heraldry and had some um, some basic he uh, heraldic knowledge. Burns actually um, wrote down what's called a blazon, which means it's a simple heraldic word, meaning a, a, a description of what he wanted on his coat of arms. Um, he sent that in a letter to a friend, and that letter still survives uh, to this day. Um, he actually described it perfectly. Um, and so you would have imagined that he would have had this coat of arms um, drawn up and uh, registered um, over 
two centuries ago. In fact, he didn't. And the reason he didn't is very possibly because he was poor and he couldn't afford to do so. Well, that coat of arms um, has been knocking about in that letter for a number of years. Um, and it always struck me as a real shame that Burns had never been able to do it. And when I became junior vice president of the Robert Burns World Federation, I um, I had the senior vice president and the president at the, the president at the time to uh, a meeting with the Lord Lyon. We had this meeting with uh, the Lord Lyon, who happens to be a keen Burnsian, has done the immortal memory on several occasions, and in fact is doing it several times this year also. I believe he he, he did it in New York just uh, last year. Uh, he basically said, I've been waiting for a number of years for the Robert Burns World Federation to approach me about this because it is something that really should be done. So we raised the money and um, we had the coat of arms registered for Robert Burns and the Lord Lyon has the complete discretion about what goes into a coat of arms. He gave Robert Burns exactly what Robert Burns asked for, but he added many extra honours because of the importance of Robert Burns to the Scottish nation. In fact, I have a copy of it right here. Oh, that's oh, that's wonderful. And go. I know how wonderful those are because we have got one right up. Oh, I can see one, yes, for the American Scottish Foundation. Yes. Yeah. So that coat of arms has supporters, which are the two animals that hold the, the coat up, and it also has flags. One of the flags is the St Andrew's Saltire, the National Banner for Scotland. That would only be given to an individual who had great significance to the nation of Scotland. Uh, the supporters would only be given really to clan chiefs, members of the royal family, knights of the thistle. So the fact that he was given that by the Lord Line shows the importance that Burns has to the Scottish nation. So, yes, that was indeed a first, and that was an extremely proud moment for me. My name happens to be on it. Um, oh. Because uh, the three of us, the, the president at the time, the senior vice president, and myself as junior vice president, we were the what's called the petitioners. So our names are on the uh, grant of arms for Robert Burns. And that is owned um, by the Robert Burns World Federation, um, and it was given to the Federation on behalf of Robert Burns posthumously. So the Federation actually owns this, um, this particular uh, piece of, I would say, artwork, because in fact, heraldry is an art, but it's a legal document. Um, and in fact, um, I haven't said this to you, Camilla, but we would like to present the American Scottish Foundation with a copy of this that you might perhaps um, wish to auction off to uh, some of right. your your members um, and hopefully raise a bit of cash. Um, but it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And yes, that, that indeed is a first. And it's a first I'm very proud of. And you're going to be over here in New York, a bit delayed because you were going to come over last year, but for Tartan Week, New York Tartan Week, the 25th anniversary of the parade. And sure can't wait for you to be here and for us to be able to celebrate in so many different ways all that is going on 
with the Robert Burns World Federation and how other people can now become involved. We have a page where they can become a member of the American mm -hmm. Friends. And we look forward to doing so much more um, with you and everybody around the country. So thank you for joining us today and to a great uh, burn season. And now let us um, conclude with some other music from you. What would you like us to to listen to at this moment? I've been I've been singing this song for many many years, um, and the reason I've been singing the song for many years is because it is it's a piece of art. It's a beautiful beautiful song. The melody is fantastic, but the lyrics are wonderful. It was described by Sir Walter Scott as containing the essence of a thousand love songs, um, and in typical Scottish style. It's a love song about the pain of lost love, uh, and it's Robert Burns' A Fond Kiss.
I'm delighted this morning that I'm joined by Sarah Beattie from the National Trust of Scotland. She is the regional director for Ayrshire and Arran, Dunfries and Galloway, with special responsibility for the Burns Birthplace Museum. And this morning we're going to speak with her regarding the recently acquired Honesfeld Library Burns Books and Papers. And you have some wonderful news for us, Sarah, of how we are going to be able to enjoy these works in the coming months. Yes, I do. So we will be hosting an exhibition of the new acquisitions on site here at the Birthplace Museum in Alloway that will run from the 13th of January until the 12th of March. Um, it includes all 12 works that we've individually acquired and also the jointly acquired First Common Priest book with the National Library of Scotland. When is the exhibit opening? The exhibition opened on the 13th of January and it's running through to the 12th of March. Wonderful. It must be so wonderful to be able to have people able to see the works now. Is there anything special you're planning during this time of, of having the works as a, a focus? We are, we've got a number of events planned at this time of year, obviously with Burns uh, birthday, uh, Burns night evening and celebrations. So we, we haven't specifically planned anything around this exhibition, um, but we will be doing our, our general celebrations on site and really showcasing the new acquisitions as part of their, our yearly traditions. So which work is the most outstanding to you and the most, um, the most poignant for you to see return to Scotland? Um, I think probably the first commonplace book is probably the, the, the most significant. Um, we know that Burns wrote it uh, before he was published. So when he was a young man living in Ayrshire. So for it to be able to come back into not only Scotland, but to be able to be partly owned by ourselves in Ayrshire, I think is a, is a real um, showpiece for the collection and, and, and a fantastic opportunity to, to bring something like that home. Now, if people want to come to the Birthplace Museum, are you um, asking that they reserve tickets or something like that, or can they just turn up? No, they can turn up. So the exhibition itself of the new acquisitions is free. Um, there are sort of standard uh, NTS membership or uh, admission prices for the museum generally, but the new material can be viewed for free on site. 
And what will people see? Will they be seeing, they'll be seeing the books? Will they be able to see some of them turning the pages? Will there be some explanations? Uh, so you're, you're only able to read the first pages, but you can really see the full, the full extent of each piece. Um, we've included captions as well, just giving a bit of an outline. So obviously some of the writing can be quite difficult to read. So we've kind of explained uh, what, what it is that people are seeing in, in the broader context too. And then with the first commonplace book, it will be um, open at just one page. So there's lots of kind of conservation issues to think about when displaying works like this on paper. So it'll just and be you one are, page. And you are starting a project, aren't you, to um, digitise this, the works. Um, I was just reading a little bit about that. Can you tell us a bit more and how people could maybe be involved in supporting this, which is rather wonderful? Yes, so we are running a project um, partly inspired by this new acquisition where we are aiming to get the Burns collection to start with online um, to make it much more publicly accessible. So as I said, it can be quite tricky to, to view these documents in person because they're very sensitive. But by digitising the different pages and the full extent of the letters, people will be able to search, read an entire uh, manuscript or flick through a book, perhaps, that Burns has, has annotated. So this project will really help open up the, the individual items, but also open up the collection to a, a much broader and an international audience as well. I think that's wonderful. So you, it, not everybody can travel um, and be with you. But they they love Burns. They celebrate, especially at this time of year, we're celebrating with Burns suppers all over the world. But this means that they can really enjoy it and take their time to review it. So is yeah. that project now underway? We have just appointed one of the, the project officers, I believe. So the, the project uh, will, is, is in the very early stages just now. There's uh, a lot of work to be done, as you can imagine. There's a lot of we have a, a vast collection here and uh, we have multiple images of each item. So there's a lot of behind the scenes work that's going on at the minute. And then hopefully with additional donations and, and funding, we'll be able to do something um, really fantastic in the sort of public future. Well, a few years ago, um, we were very fortunate to do an event in conjunction with you around the Greg violin. Mm, yes. And um, and that lives with you at the museum, doesn't it? It does, yes. Yes, it does. It's here in the museum. So I think what we should do to finish this piece is listen to the wonderful Greg violin being played for us when you visited the United States. That really was wonderful. I'm so glad to have this chance, Sarah, to learn a bit more and know that this means a great deal to everyone listening. So thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you for having me. Um.